let's get started. We'll start with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for the uh, privilege we have to be in your house. Lord, we do ask that you would speak to our hearts, give us exactly what we need to hear tonight. Lord, we do thank you again for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's turn to page 187. Let's start with He is Lord, page number 187. We'll sing all five verses. number uh, 433 tell it to Jesus we'll sing the first and uh, the third and the fourth
let's sing one more song, page number 161, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Amen. Aren't you thankful for how good he is to us? I, I know I am. And uh, some of you were looking around for me after, brother, at the handshaking time. Just so you know, we're going to start locking the doors at uh, service time. And then uh, we'll have a man back there uh, to, uh, if someone, if you are here late, um, we'll have someone back there to open the door for you. Uh, but uh, you say, well, that's not very friendly. Um, well, I'm sorry, uh, but we got to protect our church and uh, uh, just things going on in our world today. Uh, it's not getting any, it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. And so we need to, uh, you know, to be careful. And uh, I, I'm going to make sure that there will be somebody back there and we'll take turns as men and uh, to make sure that there's, we have, um, of course, it's on the speakers back there, and so you won't miss any of the service. But uh, I just think that would be the safest way. And we're going to be implementing some other things. Uh, the Lord just really put upon my heart to, to do this, so I've been talking to the deacons, and we're going to start doing some different things uh, just for the protection of our church and uh, for your protection, our children. And I know that uh, you all agree with that as well. All right, let's go ahead and get started in our message tonight. And uh, I do hope that you and pray that you've already had a good week this week. Uh, Lord's been good to us. We had a, a pastor's fellowship yesterday. And I tell you, it was a tremendous time. It was a, a great preaching. All three preachers were right on. I mean, if you got a chance to come, you can say amen to that because it was good preaching. And uh, I tell you, I was encouraged and helped. And I enjoy hosting those, uh, those fellowships. Uh, we're going to continue our study on uh, David. And uh, I got a question for you. Do you ever, uh, does it ever seem like you are sinking so fast and so far that you feel beyond recovery? I mean, you ever feel that way? Um, when we open our Bibles to the 21st chapter of 1 Samuel, it appears that David was heading in that direction going to uh, beyond a point of return. And uh, there are things that we choose for ourselves 
in life, but there are many other things that God chooses for us. And when we come to the grip with, of this truth, we're able to look beyond all the secondary causes of, and see that God's hand is at, at work in our lives. Our God allows us to pass through periods of loneliness, periods of despair, and, and God allows those things for a purpose, for a reason. And that purpose and reason, I believe, is that, that we would seek Him for all our needs. That we would come to Him realizing that we need Him. And uh, that's where we find David in 1 Samuel chapter 21. We find David on the run once again. And let's read verses 1 through 10. The Bible says, Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David, and said unto him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech, the priest, The king hath commanded me a business, and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee. And I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread, if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have kept have been kept from us about these three days. Since I came out, and the vessel of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdsmen that belongeth to Saul. And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my, any sword, uh, my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slayest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul, and went, Achish, and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for bringing us together tonight. Help us to learn this valuable truth, Lord, what we learn in times of despair, Lord, what we can learn in times of despair, and Lord, how you work in our midst, even when we're lonely, even when we're depressed and discouraged. And uh, Lord, we ask tonight, Lord, that we would look to you for all our needs, realizing that you're sufficient and that you meet all of our needs. Thank you again for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Notice that Ahimelech asked David here, he says, Why art thou alone? He's puzzled by this. He's, he's questioning, why are, why are you alone and no man with thee? Believers in the Lord Jesus Christ can make good decisions in, in a moment, but in, it takes a lifetime to develop uh, into the Christian, that dedicated Christian that Christ wants us to be. There are certain things that God allows so that we can develop into that dedicated Christian life. In David's life here, he's making a bad decision. You say, what is a bad decision? Well, he's lying. Is it ever right to lie? Is it ever right to do wrong? You know, I tell our children that all the time. It's never right to do wrong. And, so, and that's what's happened in David's life. David was on his way to the throne... However, there were some lessons that God was trying to teach him as he was on his way and trying to develop him and to be the king that he should be and to be the Christian that he ought to be. He would be the king of Israel one day and he would eventually begin the 40-year reign that he would uh, become, uh, be the king. But everything on the way to the throne was preparation uh, for him to be what he should be for the Lord. And, uh, and God was at work in his life. In this 21st chapter of 1 Samuel, we find David learning 
learning in a time of despair, a time of loneliness, a, a time of difficulty here. And this time God put him in this time of despair when he felt all alone. Felt like there was no one else there. Oh, there was other people in the area. There was other men. His servants was uh, there. There was other people there, but he felt all alone. David went to this little, this little village not far from Jerusalem called Nob, and the tabernacle was located there. And uh, In there, there was 86 priests that was there and all their families that were there. And uh, it was a relatively quiet place. And David was fleeing from Saul, so he arrived at that village and, and talked to Ahimelech, the priest. And while he was there, he was stunned because... Uh, there was someone that recognized him uh, of Saul's herdsman. And the herdsman's name was Doeg, and uh, he was an Edomite, uh, a man from Edom, which was just over on the, across the, the Jordan River. And he would later tell Saul what he had seen there, uh, that he saw David, and he saw David talking to Ahimelech, one of the priests, and he would tell him all these things. And because of uh, the report of Doeg there, uh, 85 of the priests and their families all die. You say, well, what are you getting to? I'm saying that in times of despair, we do things that brings hardships upon other people too. It doesn't just affect us. In times of despair, uh, it affects other people. And that's what happened here, all because David uh, went there and made a poor decisions and but I want you to notice there are some special things that have been, been happening in David's life. And God records that when he appeared at Nob, the, the priest asked him, he says, Why are you alone? Why are you here all by yourself? And if you notice uh, here that God was preparing David in this time of loneliness, in this time of despair, he was trying to teach him some things. And sometimes in the ministry, a pastor may make a decision that... Uh, people don't always necessarily agree with. And sometimes in your life, you are in this time of despair, this time of loneliness, and maybe it's in the hospital, on the hospital bed. Maybe it's uh, standing uh, beside the hospital bed with a loved one. And you feel all alone and all, uh, there's no one else there. See, all along life's journey, God's preparing his children for the task ahead. God's preparing us to be what we ought to be. Whether it is concern over a wayward child or, or dealing with some personal need in your life, God prepares us. God is preparing us. He says there are some lessons that I want you to learn that will better equip you for the future. Have you ever noticed that uh, God has allowed things or put things in our lives to better develop us? I mean... Some people, hard-headed people like myself, have to take that lesson more than once. You ever had to take a lesson more than once because you didn't learn the first time? Uh, I've had to do that many times. I didn't learn the first time, but God is preparing us for uh, the future. In this passage, we find David had entered a time of despair. And back in the 20th chapter of 1 Samuel, uh, he had his companions. He, he had Jonathan, his best friend there, and... and uh, uh, the son of the king. And notice carefully when we read chapter 20 of 1 Samuel that David and Jonathan, they met in a field and Jonathan shot an arrow near a certain stone. And he was to give David a clue about what was going on with Saul, whether Saul was really going to kill him or uh, if he needed to flee and, and go uh, uh, to go into exile. And... Uh, after sending everyone else away during this time, Jonathan and David, they embraced, they hugged, they, uh, they made a covenant between each other. They said in uh, 1 Samuel 20, 42, it says, And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as uh, we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. And you think about this, your closest friend, this is David's closest friend, but now Jonathan went one way, David went the other. Feels all alone. Feels like there's nobody else there. David went one way, Jonathan went the other. 
they would have one more encounter. If you read through the scriptures, they would have one more encounter before uh, Jonathan would die the same day that his dad died at the hand of the Philistines. Try to visualize this. A man stooped over, brokenhearted, and wondering what had gone so wrong in his life. I mean, he's in a time of discouragement, a time of despair. Anybody else ever been there? Sure we have. We've all been there from time to time where we've, uh, maybe, like I said, maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's, uh, you know, cancer. Maybe it's whatever the case may be. We can name a, a multiple uh, amount of things that could go wrong and we feel like we are just gone too far. Like we're so discouraged in a time of despair. And that's where David is here. The next time you feel as though you are all alone, think about what God wants to teach us during that time of despair. Think about that. You may be in an environment filled with people, but all alone. Ask yourself, what is God trying to teach me? I like to point out three things that God teaches us in these moments of despair, these, these times where we feel so dis, discouraged in things. This is the thing. Number one, we learn about thinking. We learn about thinking. When we enter in this time of despair, the lesson begins. The first thing God wants us to do is start thinking biblically. Uh, it's hard to think biblically and clearly when we are crowded by our daily routines. Now, we rise up from uh, sleep every day and go through the same normal things. We say hello to the same people. We go through the same emo the emotions throughout the day. It's hard for people to stop and think about heaven and hell and about eternity and about life and about death when our lives are, are uh, constantly crowd crowded out by increasing worldly activities. We're so overwhelmed by the things of this world. Pastor Ross preached yesterday, done a tremendous job. I mean, if uh, I think we, we copied, we uh, videoed the, uh, the messages, so uh, I want to encourage you to get online and go to our website and, and listen to those messages. They were powerful messages. But anyways, Pastor Ross preached a message yesterday uh, at our Preacher's Fellowship, and uh, he said there, he made a statement. Uh, he said, the problem with society and with Christians today is the soul of man is all out of order. Now, what he means by that, he talked about the soul is a triune, uh, just like our body, you know, body, mind, and spirit. He says our soul is triune as well. There's the mind, there's the heart, and then there's the will. And he says the problem with, the, the, with the many churches, with many Christians, with, with the world today is that we are so feelings-led. He says, we've got it all out of order. We need to be biblically minded. We need to have the right kind of thinking, which leads to the right kind of feeling, which leads to the right kind of doing. And if you think about that, that's, I mean, he had it nailed right. I mean, he put the nail, uh, the hammer right on the nail there. We are so, we are so focused on how people feel instead of thinking biblically. We need to think biblically before we, and then once we, we, are, are, we see what God has to say about the matter, then we can feel appropriately. And once we think biblically and feel appropriately, then we will do what God would have us to do, do the right thing. But when we start uh, going by our feelings, what happens is that changes our thinking and we start doing things according to the flesh. And that's what's the problem with our society today. Is The problem is the order is all messed up. You think about it today. The things that tug on our hearts. You talked about the, 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 uh, the whales and you know, how the liberals are. How they are so concerned with you know, the whales. But they don't care about the babies. You know, they're so concerned about all these other things. The trees. And he says, you like paper, don't you? I mean, I don't want to preach this whole message. I could because it was, it was tremendous. But uh, I'm telling you, the problem with our society today is that we're not thinking biblically. We need to get to that, that first. Of it. And when this time of despair, it's a time where we need to start thinking biblically. What is God trying to teach us? What is God showing us? It is often in these times of despair that the Lord gets a hold of our attention. I don't know about you, but I can tell you I've been discouraged before. I've been depressed before. 
And I can tell you, during those times of darkness, that's when God speaks the loudest to my heart. In those times when I, when I, and when I need something from the Lord and I, I look to His scriptures, that's when God really shows some things to me. You see, our God is able to get us alone so that He is the only one in the room. Oh, there might be more people in the room, but He's the only one that has our attention. The first lesson that we need to learn in these times of despair, in these times of loneliness, is to think biblically. To think biblically. Then the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. To think biblically. Then number two, we learn about toughness in times of despair. We learn about toughness. You see, we're suffering today from a lack of strength in Christians. We are, we are, we're not strong as Christians today. We wear our, we, we wear our feelings on our cuffs. And, we, you know, when someone starts, says something bad about us, you know, we get mad at the church and we never return back to the, we may go to a different church because of someone said something. I mean, come on, folks. It's time for us to grow up. You know, God didn't give up on you. You know, it's time we learn about toughness. You know, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things. See, God works his greatest accomplishments in our lives, in the lives of, of, the, of his people, in the hours of, of the greatest weakness of our lives. You know what he says? He says, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. When we come to the point that, uh, that we realize, I'm weak, but he is strong. You see, David was not ready to take the throne yet. God was still uh, teaching him and still training him to be what he should be. He needed to be uh, much, a much stronger man. You see, what makes us strong? Does knowledge make us strong? Does physical ability make us strong? Does mental exercises make us strong? Remember this, the Bible says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Men begin to know their weakness when they are all alone and they trust God for their strength. Look at Abraham. In the hours of loneliness, he found his strength in the Lord. Look at Joseph. As, as a 17-year-old boy, his brother sold him into slavery and uh, he went down into Egypt all alone and then finally found himself in, in prison all alone in despair. But that's where he found his strength. You see, look at Moses. God ordained that Moses lead the children of Israel from the Egyptian bondage into the promised land. But it wasn't Moses was, wasn't ready uh, to lead the children of Israel at age 40. God sent him uh, on a lesson there for 40 years before he started leading the children of Israel. See, it's those times of despair, those times of loneliness. Think of Daniel. God used him and strengthened him in a time of loneliness and despair. The thing that we do not want is the thing that we need the most. And we don't ever want to be in those times of trials. We don't want to be in those times of despair. We don't want those things, but that's sometimes, that's the greatest thing that we need. Why? Because we realize that we are weak, that we need Him. Trouble born in the Spirit of Jesus Christ produces Christ-likeness. There's no painless way to follow the Son of God. Think about that. See, this world is not our home. The truth is that there are many things God wants us to do, wants to do in us and through us to strengthen us. He wants to build us, uh, and we need to, uh, become that, to, to be that Christian that he wants us to be. We need to come to the feet of the Lord and, and say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to be submitted to you, to yield my life to you, to be surrendered to your ways in my life. In this time of despair, Lord, I need you. See, I know, Lord, you want to teach me something here. Help me, Lord Jesus, to be yielded to you. See, we learn three things. We learn to, about biblical thinking. We learn about toughness. But then the last thing I want you to notice is we learn the truth. 
In times of despair, we learn the truth. David did a strange thing here. In uh, chapter 21, the Bible says that he was hungry. He was wanting something to eat. And he was looking for food. He was looking for weapons. And he was looking for guidance. Well, he found food. He found a weapon. But he didn't find the guidance that he was looking for. He said to Ahimelech, he says, do you have any spears or do you have any swords? Is there, that's kind of a strange thing to ask the priest. But he asked them that. And he says there in verse 8, he says, And David said to Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. David had been lying the whole time. The whole time. You see, Saul did not send him there. He was not on the king's business here. The Bible says here in verse 9, it says, And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the, uh, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the, uh, the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Uh, if thou wilt take that, take it, for there is none other save that there. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. David thought, I want the sword of Goliath. If I have that sword, I can defend myself. I can, I can take care of it. If I have that weapon, I, I, everything will be all right. I can defend myself here. I can defeat my foe. And if, if I just had that sword. Now think about what he's saying here. That doesn't sound like the David back in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Why? The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, of God, of the armies of Israel, whom thou defiest. There was a day when David trusted God, saying, I would rather have the Lord than a sword. I'd rather have the Lord than a sword. But notice now what he's doing. Why? Because it's in a time of despair, time of loneliness. He's saying, I'd rather have a sword than the Lord. But the truth of it is, when you read the Psalms that relate to this chapter here, Psalms 34 and Psalms 52, uh, this is a time in David's life where it relates to this story here. Uh, we have revealed to, uh, we see what David had learned. God did not deliver him by the sword of Goliath. God delivered David the same way he delivered him in the valley of Elah. How did he do that? How did he deliver him? Was it through the sword or spear? No. It was through the strength of the Lord. Through the strength of the Lord. Often when things go wrong, we start thinking, how can I manipulate the situation? How can I get an upper hand on the situation? How can I work on people? How can I use my influence and my power? How can I use my position? Or how can I use all these things I possess to get what I want? Someone has said this. We sing, He is all I need. But in reality, He's not all we need until He's all we have. And then when he is all we have, we find out he is all we need. Did you get a hold of that? He is all I need, but he's not really all I need until he's all I have. And when he is all I have, we find out that he is all I need. See, the truth of this, when it's time of despair... When we try to look to our own strength, our own abilities, our own talents, and our own way to manipulate the, the fact, the truth is, is we can't. What, what the truth is, is we find out that He is all we need. He is all we need. The Lord wants us to realize when we are all alone and in times of despair, that He has never left us, nor He has never forsaken us. He wants us to trust in him to find our help. David left, you read on, David left Nob and he left Ahimelech, the priest. He carried with him the sword of Goliath. He was alone on his way to, to find a place which he could flee from the wrath of King Saul. I think I, as I was reading this, I thought, David, 
I remember I was, when I was reading this, I thought, David, you're such, you're, why aren't you learning? God is all you need. David, learned the lesson already. God is all you need. But then it was like the Lord smote me and he says, Ricky, why haven't you learned your lesson? I'm all you need. I'm all you need. The truth is, I don't need all these other things. All I need is Him. He wants me to trust Him. He wants me to believe Him, to lean on Him. You know what? He's our strength and our fortress. He's our buckler and our high tower. Remember what the last words Paul told Timothy was? 2 Timothy 4.16, he says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that if it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. And will preserve me into his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul said, the Lord stood with me. He's all that I need. God is standing with you. And he is all that you need. He wants us in times of joy and victory, but also in times of discouragement and despair... He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to believe Him. He wants us to realize that He is able to meet our needs. In times of despair, we need to remember that He is with us. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. So what do we learn in this time of loneliness and time of despair? We need to learn to think biblically. We need to learn about true toughness. And then we need to learn the truth. The truth is, He is all we need. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just a quick thought tonight about what I learned, what I learned when I was in despair, when I was discouraged. I was looking over this message and I was preparing it. And I thought, these are the things that I've learned those times of loneliness, those times of despair. You need to learn how to think biblically. Because if I think biblically, I'll feel appropriately, and then I'll do the will of God. I'll do what's right. You hear and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure. I, I just don't know for sure that I, if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I've been in a time of despair. I've been in a time of loneliness. I've, I've been in a time of discouragement. I need to get my thinking right. That's where it starts out. I need to think biblically. I need to think right. Pastor, pray for me. I need to, I need to get my life right. I need to get my heart right, my mind, my thinking right. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. Spend some time with the Lord and see what He has for you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for Your love, Your mercy, and Your grace. Lord, I thank You for this time that we can come and learn uh, from Your Word and learn from, uh, uh, as You had taught David in these times of despair, that we need to have the right kind of thinking and, and uh, learn something about true toughness and that our strength comes from You. And it's not any ability that we have, but also, Lord, that... We learn the truth that you are all uh, that we need. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar.
as you're in an attitude of prayer, I want you to remember some people, some folks, some situations. Uh, a good friend of mine, Doug Smith, he had surgery today on his foot. Um, and I would ask that you just pray for him. He's going to be down for about six, six to eight weeks. And I uh, would ask that you remember Doug Smith in your prayers. would ask that you would continue to pray for my family. The Brown family is a, a time of bereavement. My Aunt Mary went home to be with the Lord uh, last week. Her funeral was yesterday. And would ask that you just remember, uh, remember our family there. Continue to pray for Back to Bethlehem. We're having a big work day this coming Saturday. And uh, so I ask that you would pray for... Um, Pray for the laborers, but also pray for the, uh, the, the folks that come. And uh, the Lord would do a great work, see souls saved and lives changed. And so you pray for back to Bethlehem, all those that are involved. Pray for our missionaries. Um, of course, they're, they go through things we a lot of times don't know about. And... Uh, um, would ask that you would remember our missionaries in prayer. All right, someone else have a prayer request tonight? Yes. Okay. Okay, pray for Miss Evelyn's mom. Also for Jane's not feeling so well, so she's, she's, yeah. Yeah, continue to pray for her. Little Jane. All right, anyone else? Yes. Amen. Yep. I'm sure we all have family members, but it's not going to ask that you pray for her grandchildren and her great grandchildren. They all need to be saved, and so you pray for them. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity, the privilege we have to lift our petitions to you, knowing that you hear our prayers. Lord, that uh, Lord, that if we pray anything according to your will, that you hear us. And Lord, that uh, Lord, we have, um, Lord, the, the knowledge that, uh, Lord, that you will answer those prayers according to your will. Lord, we know that uh, you said in your word that, um, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Lord, we ask now, Lord, for the souls of uh, of Miss um, Donna's grandchildren and, and great grandchildren. Lord, pray that you would work in their lives and in their hearts. They need to be saved. And Lord, I pray that you do a great and uh, a marvelous work in their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would intervene on their behalf. Lord, I ask that you would be with Brother Doug. As he's had surgery and uh, a tough surgery today, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen him, Lord, that he would have a speedily recovery, and Lord, that uh, uh, no complications from it. Lord, I ask that you be with Miss Evelyn's mom as she's got some uh, some health issues still ongoing. Lord, I pray that you would just, um, Lord, that you would just touch her body, and Lord, that you would uh, give her the strength that she needs. Lord, meet her needs emotionally as well, going through the difficult time that she's went through. Lord, I ask that you be with little Jane as she's uh, not been feeling well. And Lord, pray that you would strengthen her. Lord, I know that you're the great physician and there's, there's sicknesses, there's diseases. And Lord, we know that you can touch these situations and Lord, that uh, uh, they could be made whole. And Lord, we ask that uh, you would intervene according to your will. Lord, I, I think of the, the other prayer requests that uh, weren't mentioned tonight but uh, are in my prayer book. Lord, I ask that you would just meet uh, each one of those situations. And, Lord, I pray that you would uh, strengthen those that need strengthened. Lord, those that are discouraged, I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, that you would encourage them. Send one of us to go by and, and to encourage uh, another brother in Christ or sister in Christ. And, Lord, I ask that you would be with our missionaries as they... Uh, go and spread the gospel to uh, our to the world, and Lord, they go to places that we can't get to. And Lord, we ask that you would just meet their needs financially, Lord, uh, Lord, emotionally, Lord, uh, most importantly, that you would meet their needs 
spiritually, Lord, that they wouldn't get discouraged and, Lord, that they would uh, not be weary in well-doing. Lord, I ask that you would be with our church, help us to grow in number, but most importantly, in spirit, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would uh, be with our back to Bethlehem as we uh, prepare for that. And this coming weekend, Lord, I pray that you give us a good work day, Lord, uh, that it would uh, have good weather and uh, we'd be able to get a lot accomplished this weekend. Lord, I pray that as we pray about the uh, upcoming back to Bethlehem, that uh, you would send folks here that uh, they would be... Uh, they would hear the word of God, and Lord, that they would be saved before it's eternally too late. Lord, I pray that people will be encouraged in the Lord as they walk through and and uh, they see what Christmas is all about. Lord, I do again thank you for all that you do for us. We'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for being here this evening. I'm going to give you just a couple. I think I have a couple announcements up here to, to remind you of, uh, maybe. I do. I want to remind you, of course, this coming Saturday is a Back to Bethlehem work day. And uh, so if you could be out to work for a couple hours, we're going to be here at 10 o'clock, uh, work for an hour, two hours, whatever. Uh, I know that'd be a help. Uh, we're going to try to get a lot accomplished. This this is going to be the, the big work day. And so we're going to try to get a lot accomplished this coming Saturday. And then uh, on November the 19th, I want you to mark your calendars. We're going to have our Thanksgiving uh, slash holiday, Christmas, whatever, uh, dinner that, that Sunday. And so we're going to ask you to just bring a covered dish and dessert, and we'll have a fellowship time. Uh, so Sunday morning we'll have service, then we'll have a, um, dinner, and then an afternoon service, and then I encourage you to spend time with your family uh, that day. And then uh, November the 21st, that's Tuesday, that's Pie and Testify Night. And uh, so I uh, want to encourage you to start thinking about uh, what the Lord would have you to say, and we'll have a special time of, of testimonies then. There'll be no Wednesday night service on uh, that Wednesday. And then Friday through Sunday, December 1st through the 3rd, is our Back to Bethlehem. And you, uh, I hope that you've already started praying for that. All right, I think that's all the announcements I have. And we'll all stand, we'll close in a word of prayer. And uh, if you have an offering, you can just drop it off in the, the offering plate tonight. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Brother Ed, sir, would you close this?